You're listening to Tottenstown. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Titans Time Podcast. My name is Tanner Staggs. I'm here with my brother, Tyler Staggs. Before we get into the show, if you're not following us on social media, why not? Go on to social media. The ones that we're most active on are Twitter and Facebook. On Twitter, it's Titans underscore time. On Facebook, it's Titans time. And then on Instagram, it's Titans Time Podcast. If you're not following us on those, why not? You should be. That's where basically, other than our videos, that's where the majority of anything about us is. And, I mean, we just had some some merch drop, so well, go ahead we, and tell them about well, that. We did. Glad you brought that up. You know, you've probably seen us before wearing our Titans Time shirts. Probably seen him more lately than me because I like rocking the jerseys for the podcast and the YouTube videos. Um, but we have Bella Canva 3001 shirts. Very soft. Okay, so mm-hmm. basically... Tell, just tell them uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in, nor, in normal person speak. It, it's a very soft shirt, and you will like it if you go and get the <laughs> shirt. We have several different things on the store, You and we'll have more coming. You know, We got hoodies that we'll probably put on there closer to fall. Who knows when they release them early. But if I you want, want a hoodie, not going to lie. I'm, <laughs> it, I, I'd like to have a hoodie. Several different colors for the shirts. Um, I think the hoodies also, but if you want to check that out, and support the podcast, It go to titans-time.myshopify, that's M-Y-S-H-O-P-I-F-Y.com, slash collections. That'll take you right to all of our merch, everything else. So go check it out. And guys, if you haven't already subscribed to us, Like he said earlier, why not? If you're listening to the audio pod, make sure you subscribe, rate us five stars, leave us some comments, questions. We need more interaction for these things, guys. I mean, come on. Yes, training camp's fixing to start back up, but I'm sure you're pretty tired of us just, you know, finding and grasping at random things to talk about for the Titans. And if you're listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube, Go down, hit that red subscribe button, turn it gray, turn on the post notifications, like the video, share the video, and leave us comments there. We love all the interaction. And as far as content goes, we, I mean, this week, there's really not that much to grasp for because there, I mean, there's been a former Titan that has kind of spoke out about his time with the Tennessee Titans and how maybe it hurt his legacy a little bit and right quick before we really jump into it because i know other people have already hit on it these comments were made this past weekend guys we're not late to the party on it we just we wanted to take some time to really think about all the comments that were made and you know maybe try and see some of it from his point of view but also see if some of the comments he made had any truth to them so Basically, you know, the the whole podcast is not just going to be about this. We'll get to his name in a minute, but this it's not all going to be about Delaney Walker. Um, I mean, basically, the question is, does playing or has in the past playing for the Tennessee Titans hurt a player's legacy or their chances at the Hall of Fame? Pretty much sums it up, right? I uh, mean, 
that's basically the point that he was getting to. Yeah. yeah. So basically, I I mean, there's a lot to unpack with that one question there. There's so many things that you can look at, so many things that you can talk about as to why playing in Tennessee might or might not hurt a player's legacy or chances for the Hall of Fame. Obviously, Delaney Walker kind of has a little bit of hard feelings about that situation. Maybe not to the organization itself, but I, from his comments, I think that he probably feels like it was a little bit unfair that he spent his whole career with the Tennessee Titans and now feels like but maybe he deserves more respect than he's getting. Turning that back a little bit, he didn't spend his whole career with the Titans. He started out his career with the 49ers playing behind Vernon Davis. Most of his career. I, so, I did misspeak there, but most of his career. But um, let's get into his comments that he made. So what he said is they asked him why you know he was coming back. He wanted to come back and play again. He said, honestly, I want to win a Super Bowl. I feel like that helps your status once you retire from this game. It's sad that that's something that you have to have in order to be recognized. Again, me being in Tennessee, I hate to say this. Said he said he hates to say it, but then he goes on and say it, says it. Um, it hurts my value when it comes to awards and accolades because I played in Tennessee. You can look at some of the greats like Eddie George and Steve McNair. They didn't get their coats, obviously, for the Hall of Fame. Yet, because they didn't win a Super Bowl, and because they played in Tennessee, because they played in Tennessee, because they played in Tennessee, if I can win a Super Bowl, maybe that'll help me. We'll go from there. Because I played in Tennessee. Mm. Just reading those words right there, kind of. So coming into this, like I was in my mind, I was like, maybe he really wasn't like taking that much of a shot at Tennessee, but just, I don't know, that one sentence, they didn't win a Super Bowl and because they played in Tennessee. Talking about McNair and, and yeah, Eddie. Why, why and, they didn't make it into the and, Hall of Fame. And, you know, it's just, that in itself is funny to me because when you take in the titans organization from the time that they were in nashville as far as the titans are concerned this isn't counting the oilers that are part of titans history anything like that just focusing on the titans part really the team hasn't been around as long as other organizations i mean no, absolutely not they're they're having to build up i mean you talk about you know the games and even when they were playing in Memphis and, and Vanderbilt, you know, we were still very young at that point. You, I don't, you weren't even born yet. So, you know, they were playing in front of very few fans. We've had to build this fan base up and build this organization up. Now, you look at some of the things that have went on with past GMs and everything else, you know, yeah, you can. There's been some bad seasons for the Absolutely. Titans. Just like with most teams, 100%. Most teams have probably had a couple of bad seasons. I mean, it's just how it goes. You're playing a professional sport. Sometimes one team just gets the better of you, and other teams just get the better of you all year long. So, I can, I can understand to a point where he's coming from because you're talking about a small market team because the organization hasn't been around as long. 
but I, I mean, this is not like this is not like um, some of the teams that have relocated recently, right? Um, into places like Las Vegas, exactly. Into places like Los Angeles. I mean, when you look at it like that, th- these teams that are relocating now are going to the biggest of markets. They're, right. I mean, when the Oilers left Houston, Tennessee, I mean, Nashville was nothing, nothing of what it is now. Exactly. Nashville, one, is growing at just an absolutely insane rate. So that's one thing to look at for the future. The Titans might not be a small market team for much longer. Nashville is growing insanely. But when they came here, absolutely a small market team. Right. You have that, which is not going well for you. You have the fact that I would say not a lot of fans followed the team from Houston. I mean, there's... There's some. uh, Yeah, there are some. There are some. And I I would throw out a percentage of what I would say, how many Oilers fans followed the team from Houston, but I honestly don't even know what what I would say. But you you lost a big portion of your fan base from Houston that stayed with the Texans probably. you know, the Texans. Whenever the Texans came into right. town. I, but yeah, I know. I the, know. the thing is, people in Houston got upset because the team was moving on from Houston. Yeah. So they stopped, you know, coming to games and everything else. So, you know, like you said, you had a you had a portion of fans that still come over and became Titans fans because they wanted to follow the team. But all those fans that were mad because they were leaving Houston, yeah, they they weren't going to follow the team. So, you again, you're having to build up this fan base and this organization. And like you said, Nashville back then is nothing compared to what it is now. And Nashville have, is evolving and they have becoming to get bigger used and bigger. to having a football team. They have to get used to being football fans and having a local team to get behind and root for because that's not something that they've had before. And the majority of... I want to say now the majority of Titans fans out there, they are diehard yeah. Titans fans. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of people in proportion to the population around the area. I would say there's a lot of people that are really, really, really into the team. Obviously, it's not anything like Pittsburgh where the population is massive and then you have all these people that are just diehard fans. But look at it. I mean... It's only been, what, 20-something years in the the lower end of the 20s? I mean, things are changing for the Titans. And, I mean, I really believe that that the what we say about players in the past and how them playing for Tennessee might have affected their legacy, that won't be the case in the future, I don't feel like. And we'll get into that towards the end of the show. But in the future, I don't think players are going to be able to say that because it's a bigger market. This team is really, really good. They have a chance to make a run at the Super Bowl. So, like, eyes are on them this season. So, the players that are playing now are not going to be able to say the same thing that Delaney Walker has said. But let's get into basically, I mean, let's basically just dissect this and answer the question, did playing in Tennessee hurt Delaney Walker's legacy? So, I mean, starting off, when you think of the, I guess, probably – a-plus players that the Titans have had that 
you would consider for the Hall of Fame. You think of Steve McNair, Eddie George. For me personally, I think Keith Bullock and possibly Chris Johnson. So, you have Steve McNair and Eddie George who were a part of the team, you know, whenever they came to Tennessee. You know, they were there for the building up of this organization in Tennessee. And I think you've looked back a little bit because obviously Delaney pointed it out. They don't have their jackets. And, you know, you can kind of make the argument of maybe playing in Tennessee possibly hurt them some. But when you really look at the Hall of Fame, there's only, you know, a select number of people of players that are in there and coaches and only so many can go in each year. So, you know, you start, as you start looking at it more and more, you have more and more good players that come up each year. So it could be easy to get pushed back if you're from, you know, a little bit older of a generation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And I mean, especially with tight ends, because the thing with Delaney Walker is like, there is a finite number of tight ends from what you were explaining to me earlier that make it into the hall of fame. And before we really jump into just the tight end, because obviously that's going to be the ultimate thing we touch on is Delaney Walker feels like if he were to come back, win a Super Bowl with the team, that that adds to his, I mean, it does add to an accolade. To yeah, his adds to career. his legacy, maybe but, gives him a chance at the Hall of Fame. Would it be enough to get him into the Hall of Fame? So, but going back to Eddie George and Steve McNair, you've, you know, like we said, they're not in. And you have looked at what they've done compared to other guys. Yeah, yeah. I played. didn't know that you wanted me to go into this. Yeah, right I, now, I so want you to go on. I didn't know. That. I, didn't, I didn't know that. You didn't <laughs> let me know. Um, so. I mean, I could tell you were kind of steering it in that direction. But anyway, um, so Steve McNair, um, basically some of his major accolades, like he was co-MVP with Peyton Manning. Exactly. Three Pro Bowls. Mm-hmm. And then you go into what did he do in his career? Well, he had a career record of 91-62. and 62. Career yards, 31,304. 174 career touchdowns. Now, when I say all that, unless you're just like a complete – stat nerd and you know everything you looked at the back of of uh football cards when you were a little kid like literally hours every single day that probably doesn't mean a whole lot but start comparing it to guys like troy aikman and steve young troy aikman um his accolades are better they're way better super bowl mvp six pro bowls rather than three now, his career record compared to Steve McNair's 91 and 62, 94 and 71. Not that far off. Um, his career yards compared to Steve, uh, Steve McNair's 31,304, 32,942. Just about, you know, maybe 15 to 1,600 more ish. Um, now, his career touchdowns, 165 compared to Steve McNair's 174. Steve McNair's got him beat out there. Um, Steve McNair's best season, he w- had a 10-4 and record as a quarterback. 
in Troy Aikman's 13 and three. Now that's not, I'm taking their overall best season. That's, I don't know if that's their best record that they had, but in those seasons, Steve McNair had 3,215 yards and Troy Aikman beat him out. He had 3,445, 24 for McNair in his best, 23 for Aikman in his best. Um, now, Aikman had a 12-year career. McNair had a 13-year career. But what I will say about Steve McNair's 13-year career is there were there was three seasons where McNair started less than six games. So in that situation, do you even really count those as full seasons? Um, he's close numbers-wise to Troy Aikman. Extremely close. Right, and just like I mentioned earlier, you know, only so many guys get in each year. So when you start getting to some of these because it was a different game even back then. Right. You know, it's not like teams were constantly slinging the ball around, you know, through the air. You it was ground and pound. Right. And then, you know, you mixed in some passes, but that's the thing is you start getting to some of these newer guys who are eligible and like their stats are going to blow some of these guys Absolutely, out. Absolutely, because it's a completely different game, much faster pace, much more passing. I mean, it's just 100% different. Exactly. Um, so now, let's take a look at Steve Young. His numbers, to me, are much better. Um, he's a two-time MVP. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He's got seven Pro Bowls. He's got even Aikman beat out on his accolades. On his numbers, 94-49. and 49. So a, just a little bit better than Steve McNair there. Quite a few less losses. Um, career yards, 33,124. So he's a little bit above McNair there. 232 career touchdowns. This is where he really starts to really starts to separate himself from Aikman and McNair. Um, he had well over what they had, but he had a 15-year career. So then when you look at his best season, he was 13 and 3, 3,969 yards, 35 touchdowns. So Steve Young obviously had better numbers than McNair. Aikman, um, around the same numbers with better accolades. And then when you get into that, you sort of get into this gray area where you're like, that's the exact argument that we're making in the first place. Maybe if Steve McNair was in a bigger market, he would have those accolades with the same numbers. So that's, you start to get in a gray area there for me anyways. Um, but in my opinion, it's, it's sort of like, you could say either way, like Steve McNair should or should not. You could be on either side of the fence on whether or not he should be in the Hall of Fame. I think he should. But I agree with you there. The exact same thing that you were just saying, it's easy to start to get pushed back. Right. I mean, even you know, looking at some of the receivers that we really, especially as you got older, got to see more of, you know, Terrell Owens. He didn't get in as you know, a first ballot guy. And for, you know, some of your younger years, he was a guy who you could argue was towards the top of the league. Right. So, and, you know, character things probably got factored in there. It was more than just stats. But there's some of these guys that just, you know, don't make it in off of their stats, even if they're close to what other people were doing. I mean, really, if, when you come out and you, you're eligible for the Hall of Fame, like, if if it's a good year that year, if there's solid players that just, you know, are 
right above you end up making it in over you, it's easy to get lost after that in that. I mean, right, especially I would say maybe not, those you're gonna have more and more. Right. Those, I would say maybe those first three years are like crucial in my opinion. And then it's easy to start to get lost in that sea of old players that just didn't quite make it. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take a, eh, you know, class coming out of guys that are eligible for McNair to get his name tossed in there and finally get in. He will be in at some point, I feel like. Which, you know, it it's kind of sad that it comes to that because you want to see these guys, which unfortunately, you know, rest in peace to Steve. He wouldn't be able to actually go get right. his jacket. But it would be nice for him to be in the Hall of Fame. Just like another guy, Eddie George, like, that's a guy who I think belongs in the Hall of Fame. You've done some looking on him. Uh, how does he compare to other running backs that played around the same time? So uh, I was so I was comparing these guys to players that were from close to their time that they played. Hmm. And so Aikman and Young uh, were both relatively close to Steve McNair's time in the league. So when I started to do that with Eddie George, it – I almost kind of felt like I was being unfair to him uh, because the first two guys that I compare him to are Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith. So when you start to look at Eddie George's numbers, he's a four-time pro bowler, was a four-time pro bowler, 10,000, just over 10,000 yards, 68 touchdowns. And then you look at Barry Sanders. He won an MVP as a running back. He was a 10-time pro bowler, 15,000, just over 15,000 yards. So, you know, 5,000 more than Eddie George. Um, 99 touchdowns. So, I mean, 31 more than Eddie George. And then you look at Emmitt Smith, eight-time Pro Bowler, 18,000 yards, 164 touchdowns, just blows Barry Sanders out of the water. And then I saw, I was like, this is just, this is completely unfair to Eddie George. (laughs) Like, obviously, he's gotten lost in that sea of old players because – when he was coming out, like Barry Sanders, he was probably first ballot. Emmett Smith, they probably got in before Eddie George was eligible. But like still, you've got players that are getting pushed back because of how great these guys were that are now pushing Eddie George back. Like it it makes sense as to why he has been lost in that sea of older players when there are guys like this that were just absolutely blowing it out of the water when they played back in this time. Right. And, you know, maybe, especially when you rattle off those numbers and everything, you know, for us as Titans fans, we know how great Eddie was for us. Right. So there can be a lot of bias there in thinking, okay, he, you know, he deserves to be in. I just, I think about his workload that he had and how many, you know, seasons, especially in a row, he went for over a thousand yards. You know, just that consistency. I've mentioned that to you before about running backs is you want a running back that's going to be consistent. But when you hear him compared to other guys that were around his time, you know, you, you kind of sit back and you're like, man. And when you look at Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders consistency, like that even kind of solidifies it a little more for you. Cause well, you're like, and, wow, they, I mean, and Barry Sanders, you know, he was kind of a different style 
running back. I mean, right. he had power, but he was just, you know, he would make you miss. And he played for a team that, you know, in I the feel deep, like we were just trashing on the lines last week. No, I'm not. I'm not trashing <laughs> on the lines. I'm just saying, you know, when you look at how their team has been, they usually only have a couple superstar superstars at a time. And you know, you go back and look at some of his highlights, and it's like he didn't even have an <laughs> offensive line. You know, and you, he's still making all these guys miss and making these big plays. And just making stuff happen. So it's easy to see. You said he won an MVP. Yeah. It, it's easy they to see. They both did, Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders. How he done that, you know, or how he got that award because, I mean, he, he was that team. Yeah. Take <laughs> take him off of that team and, and what are they? Um, so then I, I decided to look for another running back, Terrell Davis, who unfortunately had an injury later in his career, which ended up cutting his career short. I, I but, think it was like concussions. A um, lot, yeah, it? It, I think it was like a mix of that. He, he, I know he had a knee injury also. Um, regardless, Super Bowl MVP, MVP, three-time Pro Bowler, um, less yards than, than Eddie George. He only had 7,607. 60 touchdowns, which just barely comes up short from Eddie George. He was only eight short. Um I think he played seven seasons, and I want to say that Eddie George played nine or ten. Yeah, something um, around in that. I can't remember exactly. So, I mean, that's sort of – he had some good quality seasons and then had his injuries and his production kind of went down. So then I guess in that case you're kind of basing it off of what he did in that short time where he had that 2,000-yard two, season with 21 touchdowns. So, I don't know. With that one, you're kind of like – you're basing it off of not necessarily what he did over the span of his career, but those great couple of seasons that he had. Right, because if you just – if you stand back and just look at his career as a whole, don't look at individual seasons. Just look at his total yards, everything else. You're like, oh, him and Andy George are kind of – Yeah, you know, you know they're what, – what happened here? But then when you start looking at his accolades and – those couple of seasons, rushing for over 2,000 yards. I mean, those are things you don't see all the time. Yeah, and the Super Bowl MVP and MVP. I mean, those are two things that just head and shoulders put him above Eddie George right there. So I, I agree. I can't argue with that. So now we jump into Keith Bullock, who I don't necessarily feel like should be in the Hall of Fame right now. I'm, that's not what I'm trying to say by bringing him into these comparisons. But he was a one-time Pro Bowler. He had 21 career interceptions, 1,100 tackles, 18 career sacks. Again, probably a lot of bias from me on that because he was my favorite player. Right, yeah. Um, and he was a great Titan at the time. I mean, one of the best players on the team at the time he was playing. You know, So only one guy, really, from his era that you can compare him to. Also a little bit unfair, Brian Erlacher. So <laughs> defensive player of the year for him, uh, eight-time Pro Bowler. 1,300 tackles, which is really not that much more than Keith Bullock. 22 interceptions, but just blows him out of the water when it comes to sacks. 41 and a half compared to Keith Bullock's 18. And so that's one of those situations where you look at the sacks and then you look at the defensive player of the year and the eight, the eight Pro Bowls versus one, and you're like, it makes sense. Keith Bullock was a great player. Maybe he would have got more recognition if he was in a bigger market. And then, you know. Well, I mean – to be fair on that, towards the 
which it was towards the end of his career, he did go to the Giants. Yeah. And, the, you know, not, you know, didn't really, not a lot happened. See, there. this is why and, I think it's not going to work out for Delaney Walker because when these players go after their prime to another team, maybe a bigger market, but they're just not what they were when they were in their prime. Right. And again, want to jump back to this. Okay, after hearing all that, maybe it's a lot of bias for me <laughs> because favorite Titan of all time, you know, as of right now. So maybe a lot of bias for me, and maybe I'm the only one that thinks. You mean that's <laughs> not switching over to Derrick Henry yet? Oh, man, it, it's getting close. It, I, it has to be getting I mean, close. You know, just it, it is getting close. So, you know, hearing all that, and like you said, you brought up Delaney again, and he's past his prime. I believe – if he did play this year, he's 37. He's up old. there, 37, so 38. You're talking about coming back, playing for a team. What, like, it might be different as far as his accolades and maybe him possibly making a, making a statement to be in the Hall of Fame if he came back to a team and – he somehow at 37 led this team puts up a to, thousand yard you know, season led this team you know double bowl, digit touchdowns made you know made plays in the super bowl that helped this team win but if he's just a guy that's sitting as a backup or tagging and, along for a yeah, super bowl you know ta- like you said tagging along for a super bowl that's not going to be enough to add to your legacy to get you into the hall of fame and I mean, just to be honest, it's a lot tougher for tight ends to get into the Hall of Fame. Especially with the numbers that the most recent guys have put up. Exactly. Because, and I can't remember if we mentioned this earlier, but only nine tight ends. Yeah, we never gave a, a number. Only nine have made it into the Hall of Fame. Just to give reference on this, and yes, guys, I do have notes here because this is a lot of stuff to try and remember. Um the Hall of Fame includes 26 quarterbacks, 29 wide receivers. This was the thing that got me a little bit, especially considering you hear, hear nine for tight ends. 48 offensive linemen, four kickers, four kickers, 38 defensive linemen, 31 linebackers, 36 defensive backs, one punter. Is that Brett Kern? <laughs> no. <laughs> and the it had me a little bit confused because when I'm looking at the Hall of Fame's page, they have RB slash QB and yeah, then yeah. HB. So just I put down, I combined those, 56 RBs slash HBs, so running backs. I, I don't know how all that breaks down because the ones that were listed as RB slash QB were guys from like back in the 50s right. and 60s. So, but that really, just hearing all those numbers, again, only nine tight ends. And those nine tight ends are Dave Casper, Mike Ditka, Tony Gonzalez, John Mackey, Ozzie Newsom, Charlie Sanders, Shannon Sharp, Jackie Smith, and Kellen Winslow. And I believe that's senior. So... And the last one to make it into the Hall of Fame was Tony Gonzalez. So, right quick, want to throw Delaney Walker's career numbers out there so far because obviously, if he's wanting to make a com- comeback, he he's not done yet. Right. And 
you know, unless the team just doesn't pick him up. But throughout his career, 504 receptions for 5,888 yards and 36 receiving touchdowns, and he does have one rushing touchdown to throw in there. So 14 seasons, three Pro Bowls, all with the Titans. And, you know, he played with the 49ers before he played with the Titans. But again, he was behind Vernon Davis. So he was basically just a special teamer there. Right. So, I mean, when he come to the Titans, he had the best years of his career. One season, he did break 1,000 yards, but he was also on some bad Titans teams. He was on that 2014 team that went 2-14, and 14, and he was on the 2015 team that went 3-13. and 13. But he, 2015 was when he really put up the numbers. That was the best year of his career. So you, you hear those numbers, and, you know, it's, it's not necessarily bad numbers. No, I mean, he, who, he had the, a good career. That's for, why... For the first part of his career, you know, he's not doing that much because he's behind another guy. Right. You know, he's not the main guy, so you can kind of see how that goes. But when you really start comparing it to just guys who have gotten in recently. I mean, just compare him to the, the top guy, just to just to make the, the comparison. The most recent guy, Tony Gonzalez, in his career – 1,325 receptions for over 15,000 yards and 111 touchdowns. The guy went to 14 Pro Bowls in 17 seasons. So he played with the Chiefs and Falcons. So we hear in Delaney's comments, he mentions the Falcons. Not sure if you read that one, but they said something to him about Julio Jones. Right. And he talked about Atlanta's market being bigger and fans being better so you look at all that but tony gonzalez didn't have a super bowl he got into the hall of fame without winning a super bowl i mean but delaney walker could have his career two times over again and still would still just be catching up to tony gonzalez right he wouldn't hit these numbers and there's actually out of the nine tight ends that made it in there's one two, three, four, five, five of the nine did not have a Super Bowl. So, and really his numbers don't even start to compare until you look at guys that played back in the late 60s all the way up to kind of early 90s because that was before the tight end position really started to change a little bit more. And now you look at guys today, and the tight end position is starting I mean, Travis to really, Kelsey's probably going to blow Tony Gonzalez's numbers out of the water. I mean, he he has to continue on the pace right. that he's at now. But if he can keep that up, then he's going to be a guy that you know can possibly possibly get in. Right. I'm going to say that because we he has to keep it up. But if you want to compare Delaney Walker's numbers to – some guys that have, you know, been in the league when he was in the league. That are have, not in the Hall of Fame. That are, Well, some of them aren't eligible yet. Well, yeah, yeah. So, if I say the name Jason Witten, you would consider him 
a possible tight end that could make the Hall of Fame. Over Delaney Walker, absolutely. So, in Jason Witten's career, 1,228 receptions for over 13,000 yards and 74 touchdowns. 17 seasons, 11 Pro Bowls, no Super Bowl. Antonio Gates, I mentioned that name. I mean, just a cornerstone piece for the Chargers in the time that we've been watching football. 955 receptions for over 11,000 yards and 116 touchdowns. 16 seasons, 8 Pro Bowls, no Super Bowl. So... I would put him in the Hall of Fame over Delaney Walker. Right. And, I mean, really, just those two guys alone, those are two guys that, even if you're not comparing them to Delaney Walker, you can make a case for those guys to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, just a couple more guys that are, you know, closer, but I feel like would still have the edge over Delaney Walker. You have Vernon Davis, who he played behind. 583 receptions for over 7,000 yards, 63 touchdowns, two Pro Bowls, and he is a one-time Super Bowl champ. So compared to Delaney Walker's you know, less than 6,000 yards, he hasn't beat out there, has a lot more touchdowns than Delaney Walker has. And then another guy, Jimmy Graham, 699 receptions, for over 8,000 yards and 82 touchdowns, five Pro Bowls, no Super Bowl. I mean, those are some guys that I see would be, you know, even in Hall of Fame talks way before Delaney Walker. Yeah, absolutely. And I I do want to establish, I like Delaney Walker. Me too. I, I loved having him as a Titan. He was one of the players that, was there in those pivotal years to get the team turned back around and exactly. get it on the a right track. A lot like the same things that we said about Jarrell Casey. Right. I mean, getting this team turned around and going back in the right direction and getting us to the point that we're at now, to where this team is good enough now, we can bring in bigger name free agents, Bud Dupree. We can get Julio Jones and all of these guys. So it's just – he helped turn this team around. He was a cornerstone piece through those rough years. But, I mean, Delaney, I'm sorry. Even if you win a Super Bowl, like, yeah, that's adding to, adding something to your accolades, but it's not going to be enough to get you in the Hall of Fame talks. And then, I mean, if he had played for another team, I mean, the final b- verdict, basically, did the Tennessee Titans keep him – I guess, from reaching his full potential as far as his legacy goes. Did they hold him back? I don't believe so because he had his best years with them. Exactly. I mean, that's what would he have had the opportunities that he had in a with a bigger market team? I don't know. There's no Probably way. Not. And look, I mean, think about this. The years that he's, you know, having these bigger seasons and everything and making his Pro Bowls, you have guys like Antonio Gates. You have guys like... Travis Kelsey coming out. Rob Gronkowski. I mean, that's another guy which, granted, Gronk has the Super Bowls. I didn't look up his stats because he's a guy, multiple Super Bowls, and, and, I mean, really in his prime. I don't know if his prime is technically over or not. It's hard to say. 
but he was an unstoppable force. Like, if he got the ball, and in the Super Bowls that he's won with the Patriots, he made big plays for them. Exactly. So, you know, he's doing things out on the field to, you know, it's not just, okay, I've won this many Super Bowls. It's, I made this play or this play or these plays in this Super Bowl to help us get that win. I think that would be one of the teams that you could say, had he played his career with that team, and then Gronk not been on that team. If he had been with the Patriots, you might could say he would be in a better off situation there. But I would say that there's only a select few teams you could say throughout his career he would have had a better situation than he did with the Tennessee Titans. That's just my honest opinion on it. But, I mean, again, you look at some of these other guys. Jimmy Graham played with Drew Brees and the Saints. You know, he still didn't have a Super Bowl. And his numbers are, you know, just really a little bit above besides the touchdowns. Right. So... You know, would it have, like you said, there's probably just a couple of teams. It's not like the Titans are just this soul-sucking team that keeps you from reaching accolades. They're not the Detroit Lions. Whoa. (laughs) Man, you just, like, haymaker out of nowhere. Just putting it out there. Lions fans, he does not speak for both of us. I mean, granted, I I don't think y'all are necessarily the best team, but. (laughs) Um, For me, that's all that I've got. I don't know if you've. If you have anything else to add, I I don't. I just, you know, Delaney's comments. If you don't really dive into them, like, and we kind of hit on this. I don't think he was saying that the fan base was no, bad no, for the Titans. So. I mean, a lot of fans have been with this team through thick and thin. I think he was just meaning the fan base because it is still continuing to grow it's smaller than other teams that are in bigger markets. But the Titans fandom is growing like crazy. The team is getting better. You know, we have Titans fans all over. Right. So, you know, I just I wanted to clear that up right quick, and that was really the last thing I have. Yeah. Uh, so, final verdict. I mean, Delaney Walker, I don't think he would have been really that much better off anywhere else. But that's all that we've so. got. Thanks for listening. This has been Titans Time, and as always, tighten up.